Oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to the show wherever you find your podcasts or the video version at YouTube at the Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. You can plop us a follow on Spotify or toss a buck our way over at patreon.com slash p. S trophy room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? Oh man, I'm I'm ready for what I'm I'm the I can't speak right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. This episode is mm-hmm. gonna be a banger, Joe. Why? I'm saying why? it right now. Woo, why? What'd say that? There's a lot of things that we're going to have a lot of really good discussions about today. <laughs> well, here's the thing. While I was letting you speak there, um, I was unzippering the... Oh, whoa. Oh, sorry. Whoa, whoa. I was unleashing the beast that is uh, uh, the Master Chief controller I got it here. God, I know this is a PlayStation so cool. show. It looks cool, it. though. That's a great controller. Well, listen, I stand for my Halo machine that is my Xbox from time to time. Um, what a week it's been, man. Think about yeah. this. In... In the things that Joe loves, right? He got his Halo Shadow Drop. He got his Spider-Man trailer. Yeah. Pretty much everything's right in the world with me. Yeah. Yeah. You can can say that. You're as happy as a pig in mud, you know? Yeah. It's fantastic. And to make my week even better, two things happened. Mm -hmm. Platinum Guardians of the Galaxy. Hell yeah. Please clap. And also, I started watching this little show on Netflix called Arcane. A League of Legends story. I saw you tweeting about it. Yeah. Kyle, this show, I'm not into League of Legends. Everybody does this. But I was just like, you know what? This this show has some pretty unique animation. I like the art style. Let me check it out. Yeah. Kyle, I really like this show. Cool. Like on its own, this has actually sold me into the League of Legends universe. Mm. Like I want to know more about, I believe the world's called Runeterra. I want to know more about it. Because the story that they're selling me in this city is just really fantastic. And I love, love, love the main characters. Like Vi, and I believe her name's Powder, but it's now Jinx. And I know she's like one of the flagship characters. I, I love their arc. Like, I think it's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's they're doing a weird thing where they're showing the show in, in arcs. So it's like three episodes every week. But, oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm on episode six. I'm I'm up to date, and literally I binged it. I'm like, now give me give me next week right now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's given me a lot of hope for video game adaptations. I I feel like Netflix is doing a great job with their video game adaptations. Yeah, I mean we we got what Castlevania, which I heard was great. Yes. Arcane, League of Legends, The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I think they're doing pretty good on, on that front. And we get it, which is also a book, but come on. Yeah, you know. yeah, you know. You know yeah, we know. You know. Um, but yeah, I think they're doing pretty good. Now they have like a Gundam live oh. thing that they announced. I'm like, okay. All, All right. right. I'm, I'm on board for, with this. You're just waiting for that Bloodborne Netflix series. That's yes, I am. For. Absolutely. <laughs> That's if they could give us a Tiger King season two, they could give me a Bloodborne Monster of the Is Week Is that show. out yet, by the way? Carol Baskin? Apparently. <laughs> and apparently I saw the synopsis. Husband could be very much alive. Ex- what? I know. I know. Forget but listen. the recording of the show. You got to watch this right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Be right back. Hard at it. We watched it. It was incredible. But Kyle. 
yeah. we got a lot to talk to you about. All yes, right? we do. We're going to be talking about how the VGAs have snubbed Returnal and Forza Horizon 5. We're going to talk about how Elder Scrolls is officially an Xbox exclusive. We're going to be talking about how Bobby Kodak needs to resign. And Kyle, guess what? PlayStation 5 production? It's been hit. It's a big snafu over there. But before we get into all of that and more, Kyle, it's time for our Patreon pitch. Like always, if we ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, whatever the case may be, we appreciate if you toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. It really does help us out, keeps us looking great, keeps us sounding awesome, and it's because of your generosity this show goes on. So with that, I want to thank our newest member, and I forgot to add him last week, so I'm going to add him twice right here right now. Darren Richardson, thank you so much for being our newest uh, subscriber. I want to thank our platinum producers, Todd Berwitz and Too Soon and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, Brad Presnell, Gavin Goffried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, and oh, Metal Kirby, Robbie Bobby Miller, and Fiona. I want to thank our Silver Plus members, Hayden Doors, Nakachaka. Marcus O'Neill, oh, it's just right, JB the Purple Monkey, Jedus Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Todd Roper, Brenton Zachary, Rick Arrington, Darwani Raksha, Mannix, The Good Sir, Trucker Sloth, and Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots. Woo! Let me tell you something, Kyle, all these new names, they're getting me, they're getting me off, they're getting me off focus now. Every single time you do that part of the show, which is yeah. one of my favorites, because I love hearing their names be called out. Yeah. Uh, I think back, and this may be for some wrestling fans. I don't know if you remember this, hmm. but Chris Jericho in WCW uh, once during a whole commercial break, he had a giant scroll and he was reading <laughs> out all the moves, the holds that he can do. Mm-hmm. And he kept repeating holds over and over again. That was the joke. Yeah. But that's what I imagine is you just... In Giant the middle of a ring, just reading through the Patreon uh, supporters that I love it so much. Well, listen, they all made the list of being absolutely, absolutely incredible. And honestly, also, I'm sorry, I usually do my my sound effects. I don't know if I got it in me this week. That's fine. I'm losing my voice. I'm scared. So we got. I, we don't have a lot of time left before my <laughs> voice goes. I would say, like, I'll use the voice changer, but I've deleted that from the console. Sorry, everybody. It's it was a big mess with all the other systems, so I had to get rid of it. Yeah. Unless I find a safer one, it'll be a little while. All right. With great power. With great power. Great power. With great power. It's time to square up the news, Kyle. Let's do it. The first little bit comes from John Fingers over at Engadget. Deathloop and Ratchet and Clank topped the 2021 Game Awards nom- nominees. The 2021 Game Awards nominees. Oh my God, why can't I say nominees? Mm-hmm. The 2021 Game Awards nominees have been revealed, and it's safe to say there are a few clear frontrunners alongside the usual eclectic mix. Arcane's time warping Deathloop and Sony's multi dimensional Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart were two of the most frequently, frequently nominated titles, picking up five, no- five nods each that included Game of the Year art sound and acting categories other multi-nominated titles included the co-op action platformer it takes two the long expected psychonauts 2 and the just released forza horizon 5 metroid dread and resident evil village also reached the game of the year and action shortlist so yeah the official nominees are Deathloop, ratchet and clank rift apart it takes two psychonauts 2 metroid dread and resident evil evil village 
before we get into the controversies that may be, Kyle. Yes. What do you feel about this list, man? Man. Oh yeah. Is it? Is uh, this a saucy take? Am I prepared for a saucy take here, Kyle? Because I I think it is a great list. It was a great year for video games. People who say otherwise don't know what they're talking about. They sure. didn't play enough of everything else that came out because there's there was so much good stuff. I am so shocked that Returnal didn't get it over Resident Evil Village. Why is that? Well, if you look at uh, one of Returnal's nomination, Game Direction, um, all the other nominees for Best Game Direction are Game of the Year nominees. Fair. I, Fair. I, don't, I just don't see how... Returnal got in over Village. If you love Village, I'm happy you did. It didn't gel with me completely. Mm-hmm. I thought it fell apart uh, a little bit. Um, it's just it's shocking that okay. it didn't make it. That's yeah. And and I do I do think I would want to shout this out before I forget. Yeah. Uh, the wonderful Janet Garcia tweeted this out the day of the nominations. Um, she wrote, "Genuinely shocked, Returnal wasn't on the Game of the Year list. I didn't play it like that, but I felt like a lot of folks did. I guess people only show out for hard games when it's a Souls like, and like mm. that kind of feels true a little bit. Right. I feel like if it's a From Software game, it's like a shoe in, right. just because of name recognition, and 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 Returnal just because it was difficult. I'm not saying it wasn't difficult, and a lot of people didn't get through it because they felt that." difficulty hit them right they couldn't get good i just feel like a lot more of returnal uh deserves to be awarded no matter how far you got into it sure i think so first and foremost returnal did pick up three noms game yeah. direction which you make a great point it's there alongside most of these game of the oh, year contenders yeah. other right? than village it's the same game of the year list yeah to me sound design is oh sorry to me uh sound design as well and then best action game which I feel like, yeah, I think with best action game, best direction, like those are two pretty big categories. I'm also so I'm also surprised. First and foremost, I don't want to shell or like ruin what I think my game of the year is right now. Yeah. Right? Um, but I am surprised that Returnal didn't make it in this year. Am I disappointed? Yeah, a little bit. Not because I want it to win. I don't expect it to win. Mm-hmm. But because I really want Housemark to get it's shine, right? Yes, exactly. Not to, not to say that like none of these games deserve their shine because they're all stellar in their own right. But yeah, there are some in there that to me, I'm like, okay, Resident Evil Village. Really though? Because yeah, a lot of that fanfare, you know, started with Tall Lady and then kind of ended with Tall Lady. Well, point in fact, uh, point in, I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> Did it. you even beat Village? No. See, yeah, like that was your one of your most hyped games of the year. Yeah, and you didn't even beat it. Yeah, and, and for me, and uh, to give that game its its due, I will go back to it. Of but course. I kind of felt the same there, um, where it was just like, yeah, I wasn't scared. It was a really polished, very beautiful looking game, um, and I think that's where Returnal kind of falls short. I think because at launch it didn't have the save feature, uh, because at launch there were uh, some game crashing bugs. Remember, you needed to have your PlayStation 5 on for this game to start. I think there are very fair and valid criticisms as to why Returnal isn't on Game of the Year, and that gets me slightly less bummed out. But 
where Returnal is right now, it's a really stellar game. And even where it was back then, it was still a very stellar game. And so for me, yeah, I am a little let down because I feel like this game of the year list is so safe, if that makes sense. Like to I me, I, there's there's nothing, there's really nothing on there that's shocking or that could be the dark horse candidate because I look at that list and I'm going, Deathloop won. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I feel as well. As much as we both love Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. we've spoke about this before. It's not that it's not a bad game at all. It's yeah. it's phenomenal. It just didn't feel like a game of the year kind of game. Yeah. It felt like, you know, the the junk food sweet candy yeah. that you, you play a for a weekend. It's gone. Piece of candy. Gorgeous. Oh, yes. it tasted so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, but it just did. It, I think it doesn't have that staying power. Well, when I try to think of story beats from that game, it's kind They're of hard to, to think you. of a couple. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. And I think like the performances are great. I think the oh, game yeah. is, again, incredibly well polished. One of my favorite games this generation, but what, or <laughs> this generation, this year, <laughs> yeah. or technically generation, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am, I am a little disappointed by the fact that Returnal didn't get it in, who, <laughs> but Ratchet and Clank, which is such a, a known quantity, did. And I don't think it did anything. For me, and again, I'm I'm spoiling why Ratchet and Clank is my game of the year at the moment. But like, to me, it it, it didn't. How can I say this? It it's kind of what Forza's problem is. This is actually a brilliant transition where it's like, yeah, this is a really great Ratchet and Clank game, and unfortunately, that is a bit of its downfall. So I want to get sure. into the first question of the night. And this comes from Yuna who writes in, Hey guys, it feels like every year game of the award, sorry, game awards always snubs some games that are worthy of some awards. Like this year for me, lost judgment should have been nominated for something because it's an amazing or Yuna don't do this. Don't succumb to awesome Dave like this or banger for those cool kids. Sorry, Joe, I have to. So it depends on the player. I do think Returnal should have gotten more, but due to its style, it did not or the world. Sorry, because the style did not the world. We will never know. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't read. I'm sorry. I failed. As for Forza, it's weird. It. Uh, it didn't get anything else where it should have. And then ask what not why writes in. Not only am I a panini press that Returnal <laughs> didn't get nominated for Game of the Year, but let's not forget that they didn't even nominate Demon Souls Remake or anything last year or this year. This is why we can't have nice things. Okay, okay. I'll come down, but I'm still a little panini pressed. Demon Souls Remake makes sense. Yes, that's actually it still fit the window because Miles was nominated last year and that was the same day. Yeah. Um, so that still fits the, the cutoff date for game awards. Um, the, 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 what are your thoughts on this whole Forza? People get upset with Forza. So I think when it comes to Forza, first off, I am more ticked about Demon Souls because that game is stunning. Oh, it, it absolutely is, but it did get some noms last year, if I'm not did mistaken. It? Okay. So I think it did. Jose, I would say. It's time to get less panini pressed. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the Forza issue, this is strange because, again, PlayStation podcast, I played a little bit of Forza. I really enjoyed it. I don't know now that Halo's out that I'm going to ever touch it again. But I will say that having it being the highest rated game this year, it sits at a 92, highest rated game this year, and it's not on game of the year. 
That's really odd. And I think it speaks more to what I've, I hate to use this word, but when it comes to like gaming journalists, uh, sites like IGN or, you know, GameSpot, when they're doing the racing car, like genre or the racing genre, from what I'm understanding, they usually hand that off to separate freelancers or separate people within that company. And they review it there because they know the systems inside and out when it comes to, you know, racing genre. So I think there's a disconnect there where I think people got their hands on Forza and they're like, oh yeah, this is really great, but this is still more Forza. And there's a disconnect between the people that actually reviewed it, where maybe they didn't get enough say in the room to nominate it, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So I actually think it's a disconnect between the publication, the publication itself and the reviewers that are reviewing that game. Get, get where I'm coming at, Kyle? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look up the Game Awards stuff from last year. <laughs> it's okay. uh, that makes sense, and that kind of leads into another separate thing that I'm, I'm upset about once again. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta do something for video viewers. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. Uh, What's going on here? Oh, oh. Are you telling me <laughs> that once again... <laughs> MLB The Show was not nominated for Best Sports Game. Yeah. In a year where Forza Horizon 5 came out, I knew it had no shot of winning. Mm-hmm. Forza Horizon 5, that is the most slam dunk award I could possibly. If I were to bet my life savings all $14.32 on it, <laughs> uh, I would on Forza winning Best Sports. But yeah. the fact that MLB The Show didn't get nominated yet again is a travesty. No yes. one can say the it's locked on one ecosystem as an excuse anymore. Right. It was beyond that. It was uh, pretty well reviewed. Lots of people still play it today. Um, I think it deserves some more recognition, recognition in there. Because when you look at this list, I believe it's four racing games and FIFA. I think FIFA. Yeah. Like it's it's just it's a shame. It's yeah. a shame every year. Sony San Diego deserves some nominations for what they do year in and year out because it's easily one of the best sports franchises ever made, and they never get recognized. It really, really sucks. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. And even like some of the indie games like Death Door yeah. that reviewed incredibly well didn't mm-hmm. get on that list either. And I think that's – I mean, we'll talk a little bit about it in the post show, but like that's a game where – it's like, okay, if I put Death's Door in here and it's an indie game, well, then that does that shadow or overshadow the indie games category itself? Who knows, right? That that's a, that's a great argument. But when it comes to Forza and when it comes to MLB The Show, yes, they come out fairly regularly, sometimes even yearly. But if the game is stellar and if the game is great and builds upon its successor, then why not? And yeah, to see Forza do a lot of awesome, accessible things, like they added um, um, ASL translation, right? I think I pronounced it right, American Sign Language, yeah, mm-hmm. um, in there. That's really that's really awesome. And yeah, like, again, I was having a blast with it, but I, I can't, and I don't have as enough time with it to really give it a review. <laughs> oh, yeah. that type yeah. of content I, creator. But, my weekend, besides other things that were going on, were yeah. spent with watching my nieces drive around the world of Forza and having a great time. Yeah. The game is phenomenal. Yeah. Game is really so, great. And as my first Forza, 
I now know that I was in the right for answering any questions like what Xbox franchise do you want to come over to PlayStation? Yeah, Forza, definitely. hands down. Oh yeah, for me, I, I, I played it more to see when GT7 comes out, what I'm kind of, sort of, I get it, I get it they're two different types of racing games, but what that game has to go up against. Um, and, and with that said, just give me the DeLorean sooner and I'll give you the perfect score. That said, Katie writes in. And they ask, what was probably the toughest year for Game of the Year awards? A year where there were so many out-of-this-world games that you just didn't know what was going to win. Was it a more recent year or an older year? Funny enough, I blocked Funny. all the... the wiki back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Kyle, I'm going I'm to let you in right now. I, I know which one is the toughest. To me, it is 2018. I, I, I just looked at it uh, and... Uh, that one's, yeah, that one's pretty damn tough. And I remember when we were streaming it live, you know, Red Dead Redemption was just winning everything. It was yep. Red Dead, uh, God of War, Spider-Man, I think Assassin's Creed, who cares about the rest? Game of War, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, game of the year for 2018 was God of War, yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, yeah. Celeste. Don't you oh, throw okay. Celeste under there. Fair, fair. Marvel, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption. And when God of War finally won, spoiler alerts for uh, 2018, that was a stellar moment yeah. for us. We, we cried. We were yeah. so excited. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Cry counter. We start at one. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, I, awesome. This is, it, it was, it was incredible. So I love that year, and I think that had to be the toughest year for for game awards but this one kind of seems like yeah they they made some missteps and some of it just feels a little bit too safe for me sure i i would also love to throw out their 2019 okay um that game of the year list was phenomenal that was super smash brothers ultimate resident evil 2 outer worlds death stranding control and sekiro Oh, yeah. That was a very tough game of the year choice. Also, I saw a lot of people going, well, you know, all these game journals, all they do is play Switch. So, like, Metroid Dread's going to win. It's like, settle down, nerd on the internet that took this way too seriously. (laughs) If that was was the case, you know, Animal Crossing would be, what is it, last year's game of the year. So, settle down. All right? My goodness. Now, Nakachaka writes in, and they say... Cyberpunk 2077, yikes, was nominated for not one but two categories for the Game Awards. I haven't played the game yet myself. Don't worry, you're missing out. But let's assume it did have a great soundtrack and at its core had great RPG elements. Oh my God, is it up for best RPG? Kyle, look right now. Should games still be nominated if they have a good concept and foundation, but just uh, executed poorly due to bugs and glitches? And where are we meeting, or sorry, and are we meeting up to Riot if Cyberpunk steals best score music away from Near Replicant? Uh, Cyberpunk is indeed nominated for best role-playing game. Wow. Wow. Going up against Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami, Tensei 5, Tensei 5 and Tales of Arise. Arise? Uh, okay. Arise. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kind of like the Returnal situation earlier. Game was in a not-so-polished state. or Not to put Cyberpunk and Returnal in the same basket. I'm mm-hmm. Very... Returnal was very much playable. <laughs> um, but these are games that came out in rougher states, 
the states may vary. Um, and now are pretty polished from what I understand for cyberpunk's case and absolutely solid for returnal. Um, you know, can a game come out rough at launch and then come back out and have its swan song moment? Oh yeah. X. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think games like, um, Oh, what's coming to mind? No man's sky is a great one of like, Mm -hmm. look at, look at what happened to this game. Now it's out and you know, it, it's definitely didn't had they, that Cinderella they story. There you go. Award last year. Yeah, it won That's for ongoing, best ongoing, right? That's ongoing, yeah, yeah. which was a great moment. So it, but it is still weird because I, I haven't seen anybody really praise Cyberpunk. Going, oh no, everything's fine now. Like this game's fantastic. Like I feel like the only people that are saying that are people that are playing it on PC. So yeah. it is strange that that one is is there. And yes, I would riot if. Cyberpunk steals best score music away from Near Replicant just because I like to, I like to break a good window. I mean, <laughs> I, I, the best score category, I w- I'm rooting for Guardians. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm rooting absolutely. for Guardians. Um, uh, also, Demon Souls 2020 was not nominated for one darn thing. Yes. Okay. So now we so can start writing. Let's let's all get Panini pressed, mm-hmm. Jose. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Break those panini presses out. <laughs> it's time to start making some goddamn any, sandwiches. Were there any other things from this year's Game Awards that you were like, "That's a bit of a, of a bummer that didn't they they didn't get nominated"? Like to bring back to Returnal. Yeah. Uh, even though best performance is a stacked category, I would sure. have loved the actress who played Celine to to get a nom there because that game is only her. Yeah, I think so. Best performance. Um, I, I actually do think it it sucks that they only you only pick one because mm-hmm. there's so many awesome and I understand why they do it for the side of the times and all that inclusivity and all that jazz and that's not the way I plan on doing it this year. Um, so to me, I'm like, yeah, let's you know have for the the male performances and female performances because there was so many great female performances this year and also some stellar male performances that yeah to have two categories or at least have it so that you could pick you know or you know the the highest rated two in there would yeah. be yeah. a great great start because yeah that that one's overly it's crowded stacked yeah for those that don't know it's Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo from Five Six be there. Uh, it's it's like the celebrity. It's like with the year Mads won for Death yeah. Stranding. Yeah. Uh, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn from Deathloop. Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu from Resident Evil Village, and Ozioma Aga Aga. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, Ozioma. You try uh, as Juliana Blake from Deathloop. So it's rad that they both are nominated. Yeah. And going off of your idea, if two would win, I would love to just definitely just those two. <laughs> that that award speech would be amazing. <laughs> You're right. There's so many f bombs being dropped. <laughs> well, yeah, and and again, uh, I we're we're having our own award show. Yes, we are. And I think to wrap up this story, I have our game of the year list and nominees, and I want to know if you agree or disagree. And what game you would like in there. All right. I'm ready. All right. Mm-hmm. So the game of the year for or game of the year list for the trophy room goes. How as many follows. are there? Six. Okay. Okay. Game of the year. 2021 guardians of the galaxy. Returnal. Death loop. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Kena bridge of spirits. Ratchet and clank rift apart. Death store. 
This is a tough one. You're- I don't know how I feel about that store yet. Okay. Oh, really? I don't know how I feel about that one yet. Okay. I have to think of think of it. I love Death Star. Yeah, yeah. But after recently playing Chicory completely and platinuming mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. that game is real good. Okay. Um, and I think there might be another one on my list. But that's I'm a also, great starting list for yeah. sure. All right, and I'm also thinking, and maybe we we throw this out to to the folks at home, so we we get to we get the top two votes gets gets in there. So we could throw Trickery in there if you'd like. But what if we also throw, because I'm hearing great things, I'll be picking it up Black Friday, and I'm hearing a lot of people fighting for this game, uh, Life is Strange, True Colors. That's that's one that I, I got to play. Okay. Um, yeah, because I've heard phenomenal things about it. So here's what we'll do, audience. You have our our list, but with an asterisk. What we're going to do is tomorrow, as this show goes live, so actually right now, depending, we're going to have the Kina, Bridge of Spirits, Death Store, Life is Strange, and Chickory. These four up for a Twitter poll. The top two contenders then make the last two contenders for the game of the year. If that makes sense. You know, makes a category for game of the year. All right. Sounds good. Right. Sounds fair. Sounds Sound- like democracy at work. Sounds good to me. And because I don't have a, you know, a cart in this race, I'm not going to mess around with it. <laughs> not whatsoever. I'll let chaos reign. Kyle, it is time for the next bit of news. And this one's a little bit sad. I just, I remember the other one. Psychonauts 2 is up there too, but oh. we can have this discussion later. Yeah. I know you didn't gel with it as much yeah, as I did. Much. Just um, let me play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Smith over at PS Lifestyle writes, Elder Scrolls 6's Xbox exclusivity isn't about punishing PlayStation, says Spencer. Well, it feels like it felt. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Fans have been left wondering what will happen to the Elder Scrolls 6 now that Bethesda has become an Xbox studio. While Bethesda had remained non-committal, Phil Spencer's latest interview with GQ magazine states he views that game's exclusivity as being a similar situation to that of Starfield. In other words, the game may well be exclusive to Xbox and PC, though it's, quote, not about punishing any other platform, end quote. Starfield was confirmed to be an Xbox console exclusive during E3 2021, a decision for which Bethesda's Pete Hines later apologized. Mm-hmm. The reason for for the decision was so the studio could streamline development and become more focused. Mm-hmm. This is the thinking behind making The Elder Scrolls 6 an Xbox exclusive title too. As Spencer explained, it's not about punishing any other platform. Like I fundamentally I fundamentally believe all of the platforms can continue to grow. But in order to be on Xbox, I want us to be able to bring the full, complete package of what we have. And what would be true when I think... Oh, and that would be true when I think about Elder Scrolls Six. That would be true when I think about any of our franchises. Our franchises. Keyword. Exactly. First off, this is theirs. And at this point, I'm a bit happy. I know I, I talk about how concerned I get over... Companies absorbing other companies. We're going to talk about Activision Blizzard in just a minute. Oh you just yeah. hang on there right quick. But when it comes to Xbox, they they let's be honest with each other here, Kyle. This is make it sound fanboyish. I don't care. They needed legacy. They needed first party IP. They needed Bethesda to fill yeah. that void. It's not like they weren't getting it. 
Forza Halo Gears is great, but that slogan gets really tiring after a while. And not to mm-hmm. say that Obsidian's work and their future work is going to be meh, or you know, uh, the, the sure. creators of Hellblade Ninja Theory are going to be meh. Those are my two favorite acquisitions. Those oh, get me absolutely. the most excited for for for, for the double future find of... in there as well, and that's fantastic. Exactly, that gets me excited for the future of Xbox. But to have another huge staple there really does fill out when you think of PlayStation you could fill out this legacy that spans the nineties with Bethesda. You have that too. So for, you know, your naughty dogs, you're going to have an id, you know, etc. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to me, this is fine. I'll deal with it, Phil. I'll deal. But toxic rights in are either of you bummed out slash upset at this potential exclusivity for Elder Scrolls. I don't own an Xbox, never have, to be perfectly honest, that's okay, but I'll likely be buying a box just to be able to play ES6 in Starfield, although I'm not looking forward to having to spend money on a new box. I can't complain since PlayStation has been the home to so many amazing exclusives, Joe. I was so tempted to replace amazing with the word that shall not be said on this show, but uh, I thought but I thought to keep you happy for this show. I almost threw it back out there a second time. Just because. <laughs> I want that P. Diddy gift. That's what, I, <laughs> that's what I want that moment of silence to be. Uh, okay, Kyle. So yeah. I think this is the mission to get people going ah, i'd like a i'd like a playstation that'd be that'd be fine and all but elder scrolls yeah fallout yeah and that's what the spirit of this competition is it's not the the winner or losers it's the spirit of competition and that breeds innovation that means and well, let's get right into it cloudside writes with es six being confirmed for an x for xbox as an exclusive i like to th- uh why why is reading hard? I don't I, I don't what, know. What's going on with me here? I'm looking at these words like I know the language. Did I change <laughs> the font? No. No. It's no, Arial. I, font I don't know. 12. Is it not because I like the 1.5 space? Maybe that's the problem. Whatever. <laughs> Nonetheless, reading's hard. Cloudside writes with ESX being I messed up again, but yes, confirmed as an Xbox exclusive, like we thought would probably happen. Is it even more important that PlayStation snag Persona 6 as a console exclusive? Also, do you think Sony may have to be making an exclusive open world RPG in secret just in case which studio could be capable of an ES type game? All right. So real talk. Yeah. Spirit of competition means yes xbox now has this whole first person open world game on lock right yeah, they do bethesda you got fallout you got elder scrolls and then with obsidian yeah, you outer also worlds. have the talented outer worlds and you have the the amazing avowed, avowed which out soon. um which i hear excellent things and the amazing uh, Fallout New Vegas. So this team's yeah. incredibly capable. I'd like to just let everybody know, though, Horizon is an action RPG. Uh-huh. So it's not like PlayStation doesn't have these games or they don't exist. Um, it's interesting, though. I, I, don't, I don't think PlayStation needs, to, needs a Elder Scrolls, you know? What I mean, I think they need a first-person RPG 
or or they just not even first person. They just need another RPG series. Mm-hmm. They need a studio to go. Okay, you know what? Here's our take. Maybe it's I don't know Naughty Dog with their space game, but something that's going to take the oxygen out of the room because. To me, I take a look at PlayStation's portfolio. Now, all of a sudden, it's missing multiplayer games, which is always missed since last generation. Yep. And now, a sizable chunk of games that people also care about, you got those open-world RPGs, and suddenly that's gone. So what what is a studio that you would like them to to capitalize on? Or do you think Sony should just keep on keeping on? Bringing it back to the post-show of last week. Yeah. All the more reason to bring back Legend of Dragoon. God damn it. An exclusive RPG, <laughs> a PlayStation exclusive yeah. RPG, internally made and developed. I think that would be huge. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It's even though, like, I'm not the biggest Elder Scrolls fan, I can still sit back and be like, it's huge. Yeah. It's a gigantic IP, no matter what anyone says. And to have it not be on your console of choice being PlayStation, that is a bummer. I do think they need to fill it somewhat. I I don't know how that works. If they go talk to Bioware, Mm -hmm. but Bioware has been on like thin ice lately with their last couple of things as well. Um, But I do think they still make these strategic partnerships like with Atlas and Persona series. Uh, I do think Persona 6 is a high priority Mm -hmm. for PlayStation to make sure it is only on PlayStation for the time being or a timed window. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I I can't think of, because you're right, Horizon is a action RPG. I can't think of an internal studio that I would say could do and a Western RPG, but that being said, I know they're super talented. They can pull whatever off. Like Gorilla did Kill Zone before Horizon. It works. Why are you giving me the eyebrows? Are you sucking a loop? What's going on? Oh no, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. We haven't even discussed the game of the generation, which is Bloodborne. Maybe no, Bloodborne it's too. Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, or Ghost of Tsushima. I'm okay. not here to. I'm not here to you know, split oh, yeah. hairs. But no, I think what you do is, and what we're seeing PlayStation do, is like, why did they buy Housemark? Because it's a fast-paced oh, yeah. arcade shooter. Mm-hmm. Why did they buy Bluepoint to make a Souls-like game with Bloodborne too? If you say it with confidence and you say it with Guso, it's going to happen. Uh, you know, why did you buy um, Fire Sprite? Because you need a multiplayer and VR uh, output studio. And then we haven't even discussed that PlayStation is working on 25 unannounced PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. And that's with first and second party. So, And they also have FF16 exclusive rights right. for the time being. For the time being. But something more permanent would be like Haven wants to make this social experience game. Why is that game... Why why are you, why are we thinking Minecraft when it could be something RPG related with multiplayer elements? Like to me, there is a lot of room here where PlayStation could fill out that portfolio with games that they haven't had. And to me, I don't think it's it's just let's throw remakes out there or let's just take old IP that we have. Let's also make new ones as well. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know. So well, I they think- they even said right in that twenty five. I- IPs that are being made 
over half are brand new or something like that. Yes. Maybe not over half, but yeah, a around good half. portion of it. Yeah. So that is exciting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think that, like, again, the Bethesda acquisition is huge, and ESO or, or sorry, Elder Scrolls. That's the thing that's throwing me off. It's it's the it's the it's it's the whatever. Um, that's huge, but it doesn't mean that PlayStation can't also make a really special RPG experience either. You know? Yeah. That said, Kyle, let's get into the depressing story of the week. And before we get to it, I do want to give a timestamp because this is a really heavy topic and it might spark feelings of anxiety or PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going to give you a timestamp in the description. So if you want to nope out of it, because the topic is a bit heavy since we're talking about Activision Blizzard um, and there is, to me, I consider strong language here. Yep. You could skip all the way in front. And, and to add in on that, I, I know Joe and I have been trying not to curse as much. Yeah. I can't make any promises for this next story. Fair enough. Just letting you know. Again, you could skip forward if little Timmy's in the back. We're about to drop some cusses. Kyle, with that, take it away, good sir. Tom Yvonne over at VGC writes report alleges Activision boss Bobby Kotick knew about misconduct and made death threat. Activision Blizzard is currently facing multiple regulatory investigations over alleged sexual assaults and harassment of female employees, much of which has centered around World of Warcraft developer Blizzard. The Wall Street Journal claims that instances of sexual assault and mistreatment have been widespread at the company, including at Call of Duty Development Studios Treyarch and Sledgehammer Games. While Kodak reportedly told company directors and other exclusives that he was unaware of many of the allegations, the the Wall Street Journal says it has received evidence to the contrary from various sources, including interviews with former employees and internal Activision documents. Reacting to the report, the Activision Blizzard King Workers Alliance said it would stage a walkout and and demanded Kodak's resignation. The evidence the Wall Street Journal has gathered is alleged to suggest Kodak was aware of allegations of employee misconduct in many parts of the company and that he chose not to inform the board of the directors about what he knew. These included the alleged rape of a former Sledgehammer Games employee by a male supervisor in 2016 and 2017, a matter which was settled out of court. And after Treyarch co-head Dan Bunting was accused of sexual harassment in 2017, the matter was investigated by Activision's HR department, and it was recommended that he be fired. But Kodak reportedly blocked the move. Bunting is said to have left the company after the Wall Street Journal looked into the incident. In a statement, an Activision spokesperson said, quote, Mr. Kodak would not have been informed of every report of misconduct at every Activision Blizzard company, nor would he reasonably be expected to have been updated on all personnel issues, end quote. Kodak has also been accused of mistreating several female employees, including leaving a voicemail in 2006 in which he threatened to have an assistant killed. Following the publication of the Wall Street Journal report, Activision released a separate statement claiming the article, quote, presents a misleading view of Activision Blizzard and our CEO, end quote. It said, quote, 
instances of sexual misconduct that were brought to his attention were acted upon. The Wall Street Journal ignores important changes underway to make this the industry's most welcoming and inclusive (coughs) workplace, and it fails to account for the efforts of thousands of employees who work hard every day to live up to their and our values. Yeah, I don't know about that one there, bud. Don't know about that one, you (laughs) fuck. Listen here. Listen here. Real talk. I I love... I love the audacity of saying the industry's most welcoming and inclusive yeah. workplace when they literally just let go dozens of employees due to sexual harassment and hire officials due to sexual harassment. This is nuts. But the story doesn't end there, Kyle. Because remember when I said last week where it was weird that Jen O'Neill would just up and leave her position at Blizzard with only months into that role? Remember that? Well, here's a quote. I tried to talk you down from from any other reason other than she found a new purpose? No, 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 no. No, the purpose was former, and this comes from IGN, former Blizzard co-lead Jen O'Neill says that Activision Blizzard rejected multiple requests for equal pay with her her male counterpart, Mike Ybarra, and was only offered an equivalent contract after resigning from the role. What a douche move. What a big, giant douche canoe of a company this must be. That's aggravating. Now, it's also to note, that Call of Duty Vanguard sales are down 40%. Uh, that is in the UK compared to the previous title. And, Kyle, we're still not done there. No, we're not. So this comes from Jason Schreier. Yeah. Uh, sorry. This comes from Bloomberg. Do you want me Bloomberg. to take this one? No, no, no. I got it. I got okay. it. I got a funny one. Okay. Uh, this comes from Bloomberg from the man whose head is so far up his own ass. It is so amazing that he could tweet out some of the most douchey tweets I've ever seen in my life. Jason Schreier. He writes in an email. Two employees reviewed by Bloomberg. Ryan linked, sorry, uh, Jim Ryan linked the Wall Street Journal's Tuesday report. He wrote that he and his leadership at PlayStation were disheartened and frankly stunned to read that Activision has, quote unquote, not done enough to address the deep seated culture of discrimination and harassment. And goes on to say, we reached out to Activision immediately after the article was published to express that we don't believe their statements of response were properly addressed. Sorry, properly address the situation. Situation. Kyle, listen. not to mention as well that the board of directors are still having fucking Bobby Codex back. Yeah. Twice, I think, today they've come out and said, like, we stand behind our CEO, Bobby Codex. Woof. Woof. <laughs> what an, organiza- an organization to work for. So, listen, <clears throat> to, to, to play devil's advocate here, Kyle. Sure. Because how could you? I'm going to give it a shot. Go for it. These are allegations, right? This isn't fact. This is, you know, uh, um, again, allegations with evidence provided by. But I would like to say, even though these are allegations and these are yet to be proven true, that these allegations are given way by the way Activision Blizzard has addressed them. Like by outright paying the federal government in fines so that they don't get investigated by the federal government, right? That's a huge red flag. Remember the the on Twitter, everybody's like, red flag if? Yes. That's the yep. red flag right there. The second red flag and the thing that gives more validity to these allegations is the fact that your own 
your own research, your own investigations have led to dozens of folks outright resigning or being fired or let go from their positions from this company. So it shows that there's toxicity there. It's yeah. not it's not a matter of if there is, it's just how much. And then to even more evidence, the, the person that, and again, I hate this word and I'm only going to use it once, uh, who was accused of rape, he immediately left his job after this article came out. So no, like Bobby, you can't just, Mr. Kodak, you can't just claim negligence here. Yeah. Or na- naivete. Because even if you didn't know anything, well, you're still a CEO of a multi-billion dollar co- uh, company. So I think your ass gets terminated there. I just can't I just can't go into work one day and go, oh, yeah, I I didn't know that all that was my responsibility. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and get to keep my job. So, yep. no, you don't get that there. Uh, B, what the other option it could be is Bobby knew or Mr. Kodak knew and he let those people stay in positions of power because they were giving him money, right? And as a CEO, your obligation is to your shareholders, not your employees. So you're seeing your bottom line going up and up and up. You're going to keep those people there no matter how toxic they are. Or C, you are part of that issue. Now, okay, real talk. Him threatening to kill his assistant, that could be taken out of context. But there's a difference, Kyle. If I said, Kyle, I'm going to fucking kill you. Between Bobby Codex, Kyle, I'm going to fucking kill you. Who would you believe? Me or the guy that oh, has Bobby. millions upon millions of dollars? Bobby. <laughs> exactly. 100%. There's a, there's a different energy between those two. Yeah, he's the head of the fucking company. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's no matter what's it, no matter how big the issue, no matter if everything's true or some of the things are true, it happened on your watch. And you got to pay the piper. Like, even with option C, him playing a part of it, which I definitely think is the case, because back in the 2010s, he he, he settled cases against sexual harassment towards him. So this is a guy that that doesn't just understand the culture, but is is part of that culture. So when he's like, it, it fails to account the efforts of thousands of employees, shut up. That's, 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 uh, that's bull crap. And I, and I don't, I, that angers me. Oh yeah. So I, I, I mean, just to, you said it perfectly well. And I, I don't know if I can add anything new to what you said, but say it, fam. I, in my mind, and this just could be me being naive. Uh-huh. Um, as CEO, first and foremost, your employees and people that run your help Make your business what it is should be the first and only priority. Should, but it's not. It, that, yeah, exactly. And so the fact that he knew and didn't do anything about it, and you were mentioning uh, Dan Bun- Bunting, yeah, who was this wasn't even like the outside yeah. uh, investigations. This was internal Activision HR suggested that this guy be fired and Bobby Kotick TikTok dude the clock is running out very quickly now I've said that joke many weeks <laughs> it's time Bobby yeah. uh he blocked the move why yeah. what 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 is simple why money I get I get it, it it's money. so infuriating I know I hate it I know but- I feel so bad for the good employees there yeah 
that are doing what they want to do out of their the things that they've dreamed of doing and making video games and they have to be in this fucking environment i can't stand it yeah i can't i i can't stand it either kyle and my heart goes out to those of like absolutely we all have jobs that we've hated right yeah. but let's just say like you know you've always wanted to work at company a and you got there and then all of a sudden you just learned that company a that you thought made rainbows and sunshine in order to make the rainbows and sunshine you know that company thinks that it has to treat you like crap is just ridiculous and i and i i i feel so bad for the folks there and the victims as well oh, yeah. um mm-hmm. it just it angers me and i want to get i, I want to get here with this is how how do you feel about jim ryan's messaging because on one hand i really like that uh outside force not not because it's playstation if phil spencer's like hey man guess what read between the lines great absolutely an outside force a partner has been like we don't believe you either yeah and we're talking to you because it, it's kind of like the neighbor knocking on your door going, yo, what the hell is going on in your house? Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me. So how do you, how do you feel that Jim Ryan at a PlayStation? Is this all lip service? Do you think there's any consequences here? What do you think? I do. I'm with you. I do like that. He's speaking out against it. Yeah. Um, I do think I do think there needs to be a little bit more done, though. Yes. And the reason why I say that is after he made the statement, I just go on and see. Excuse me. I go on my PlayStation and see what the store PlayStation store has to offer. And what's the first splash image I see on PSN? Call of Duty Vanguard. Yeah. I, I feel like if, if I was in Jim's position, I would, one, take that off the front page. Mm-hmm. Two, seriously think about maybe just taking it down completely. Mm-hmm. Um, or in some ways make it like, I don't want to say like a full cyberpunk situation, <laughs> but like, uh-huh. I, I do think there needs to be more than just sitting over in this ivory tower right. talking to somebody else and not, and it, it does, it can feel a little bit like lip service, Yes, but I like where he's coming from. I just need more solid things for him to do. I think so. I, I understand you're speaking from the heart, and I'm speaking yeah. now as the CEO with the heartless. I know, bitch. I know, I know exactly what you're going to say. You can't get it off the store. I know, but what you can do, this is so. This is how change actually happens. Like I'm going to be real and honest with you, Kyle. I don't believe boycotts worked. I don't think Activision's shitty news. Just because sales are down 40%, I literally just heard it's still the number two top selling game this year. So no, I don't think the boycotts worked. And I think though it was in good faith, from what I've been told from people outside and people inside development, is like the only people you are hurting are them. Because these these people, all they're going to do, all all that's going to happen is that that dev team is going to get shrunken down. Or they're going to be merged into you know, the next Call of Duty Vanguard thing, you know what I mean? Or Warzone thing. So, no, I don't think that helps. And honestly, I also think by just ignoring them in the news, it doesn't help either because, Kyle, we turn and look at Ubisoft, and I forgot. Yeah. And and, and I'm being honest here. I forgot what was happening there as well, where none of their demands have been met. And I haven't known because nobody talked about it. Right. Nobody, yeah. nobody, mm-hmm. nobody threw caution at that, at that way. So to me, 
what do you do? This is actually how the change happens. Other corporations, other companies, other partners say, hey, this needs to change pronto or else we're ripping Call of Duty Vanguard off promo. That's how you hurt them. It's just like when Coke ripped advertising from Blizzard, right, from their live events. That's when you saw they started to panic because companies don't want to be around toxic. So this is what's going to actually bring the active change. And that's why I say, I would love it tomorrow. Phil Spencer comes on and he says something as well, or, you know, company A, B, or C, whatever partnerships that they have with, with whatever partners they have come out and go, Whoa, this is not it fam. Um, Because that's how you're going to get the, the active change. And, you know, the only thing that I can say here um, and I think this is a great point to to end this conversation is, you know, for us here at the trophy room talking about these things, it's not fun. It's not easy. I'd rather talk about all the gaming stuff, but I love this industry. We love this industry. And when you love something, you also have to point out the ugly parts of the industry. And that's why bringing up these situations is so important. And when I made this podcast, I never thought of the responsibility I have until really this year when we really beginning of last year, when we really started to, to take off where you break through all the echo chambers and you get to the truth of the matter. That is this podcast is listened to from people in Alaska from all the way to UK, Switzerland, wrap around a few oceans, you get to Australia. It's it's worldwide at this point. Thousands of you listen to us and we all come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different beliefs, different ideologies. And the one thing that keeps us together is video games. Like when I hear how when I saw our little community brought Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots together and they're a family now, that's because of us. That's a sense of responsibility to me. When I hear people go, you got me through a long car ride. Uh, You got me through my work week. I got a few messages where it's like, you've gotten me through some of the biggest bouts of depression, a a dark time in my life. There is a responsibility that we have here to understand the thing that ties us together is asymmetrical controllers, PlayStation, the games we play, the things that we're passionate about. And the one thing that I hope we're cultivating is that sense of community that we're treating people, not like the way you want to be treated, but like a perfect stranger, right? You're treating someone better the way that you would treat yourself with respect, even when you disagree with someone that we're coming at it through a, a, a point of, of almost friendship and the community that we've made and the people there that are making friends because they understand that belief, that's what makes me happy that we're building this community and understanding that there's only 4% of people that listen that identify as female. And I want to speak to y'all and say that this, what, what, this, this community is here to make you feel safe and make you feel welcomed. And the moment it doesn't, you need to reach out to me. And we're going to make it so. Yeah. It's same, important. Same for me. You reach out to me just as just as well. Yeah. It's we, important you, to us. Exactly. We love you. Yep. Respect each other. Do well by each other. 
Um, We're the keepers of fellow men is, is what is one of my favorite songs. And one of the lines that always, that always hits me. It's always my personal model motto is where's my sh- strength in my neighbor's hand. So we got to be each other's neighbors. Y'all God. love you. My God. I feel like I can go to war. What a speech. I know. <laughs> Joe, do you pull that out of your head? Just like, uh-huh. <laughs> man. Now let's go give those Jerry's hell. <laughs> Fucking amazing, sir. I love you so much. That is one of the reasons why. Amazing. All right. Back to the fart jokes. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> is Rock Subhan over at Eurogamer writes, Sony reportedly cuts back PlayStation 5 production again due to chips, chip shortage. Sony has reportedly reduced its production forecast for the PlayStation 5 again because of, quote, component and logistics constraints, end quote. Sony had previously targeted more than 16 million units assembled in the year ending March, but that has now been cut to 15 million units, according to Bloomberg sources. This will make its target of 14.8 million PS5 sales by March more difficult. In an investor call last month, Sony said logistical issues had passed... Oh my god, not passed... My God, <laughs> this was a rough one. This was a week. There's a lot of S sounds. Yeah, there's a lot of like excuses. You know, <laughs> Damn it! I gotta go back to school. Sony said logistical issues and parts shortages have go. worsened, and PS5 sales last quarter were slightly below expectations. Mm. The resurgence of COVID nineteen may also further impact component supply. Oh boy, Kyle! This means PlayStation's dead, right? <laughs> Uh, they're dead. They're done. Knew it. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Ouya from now on. Yeah, this is uh, an Ouya room. Busting out of the closet. It's time to play some mobile games. That's right. Dust off the cube. No, this uh, is this is normal. It is normal, time. but in it's something that put into perspective just how bad it is for all console manufacturers. I pre-ordered uh, the Playdate. I don't know if you know what Oof. the Playdate is. Joe. Yeah, I do. Um, anything, you could, anything you could power with a crank, I want no part of. <laughs> uh, it's a really cool uh, handheld. Um, if you're gaming King thing. Amish, Kyle, I'm sorry for the cuss. <laughs> We're out of that that time code thing. What do you uh, know what to do? I'll add a bleep, bleep, but honestly, listen, it's really cool. Sure. I'm very excited about it. Uh, I, they just announced that uh, shipments got delayed a few months, and and everyone that got it pre-ordered got sent an email really. And what I really love talking about the difficulties of what happened. Yeah. Uh, basically they received them and the batteries weren't working. They weren't Ooh. at all working. The cranks uh, weren't working. The cranks were, no, they have internal batteries. The crank is a gameplay thing. You don't power it up with a crank. Oh, whatever. Anyway, in that same email, they were talking about the chips, uh, chip sort shortages. Yeah. And, um, the chips that they originally used in the Playdate, those were backordered for two years. Oh, boy. Two years. That's how bad the shortage is. Yeah. And so they had to um, uh, redesign, I believe, what the chip they're going to use. And they found a similar solution that is not going to make the wait two years. But that really put into perspective exactly mm. what Sony's hitting. Microsoft, Nintendo, everyone that uses the car chip. manufacturers. Yeah, exactly. I Toasters. Mean, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, to be honest, to, to relate it to people for handhelds that actually matter, the Steam Deck, the Vita 2.5. Yeah. 
uh-huh. delayed till quarter two of 2022, I think for, for, um, for that. So yeah, it, it's crazy. And it really goes to show and I'm going to say something and I have no, I, this is remember when I said Jason Schreier's head so far up his ass, yes. well it is, but mine will be there as well. <laughs> Not in his, but mine. Um, in, there needs to be a better way of production and we can't just rely on, oh my God, I'm going to sound real crazy here, but we can't just rely on like one or two factories out in Indo-Asia somewhere. Uh, we got to, we have to build plants in different locations so that when things like this happen, it doesn't literally cripple the world. And we're actually seeing that like uh, Europe is building little mini sites. I believe that uh, in the United States, they're planning to build sites as well here. It's like, Dude, I understand that manufacturing there is cheap because, you know, the dark reasons of capitalism. But we really got to bring some stuff back here so that, yeah, it, it, we're not just relying on two factories to make chipsets. It's just it's just outrageous. And one mm-hmm. mishap, one person pulling one crank the wrong way because they, you know, didn't have a play date or whatever. Um, and it blows up a whole facility. I don't know what oh, really man. happened. Uh, no one was harmed in this situation. It, it, it can't be the case. It really can't. That said, uh, PlayStation is dead. Welcome to the Achievement Hall. Phil Spencer's my daddy. Whatever. Kyle, let's get into the Flash news. <laughs> uh, Flash news. First little bit. Uh, Saints Row delayed until August 2022. Quote, our priority is to create the best Saints Row game yet. And if we released on the original date, it wouldn't be up to the standards we've we've set ourselves and that you're expecting and deserve wrote Boone. The team just need more time to do our vision justice. We're doing some fine tuning and there won't be much change in the game outside of overall quality and polish. In all honesty, we underestimated the impact COVID would have on our schedule. Although everyone adapted very quickly to the working from home arrangement and continued to be incredibly productive in other news. Elden ring also is coming out on the same day. (laughs) That's me. That's me at the end. Uh, <laughs> yes, the first domino falls. Let's get these games out of February. Let's push them to dates that make sense. Yeah, this is great news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to worry about Saints Row. Saints and Row honestly, it feels like a Elden great Ring. end of summer game. Absolutely, it sounds like a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to play Elden Ring and <laughs> still grapple with Horizon as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you solved that battle, Eddie. Uh, Ruin King, a League of Legends story, is a single-player turn-based RPG developed by Airship Syndicate. The same team behind Battle Chasers Nightwear, Night War and Darksiders Genesis launches. Today. Today, I am. I'm gonna. Yeah, I gotta request a code. This again, very excited because this is not League of Legends where I'm gonna get my ass kicked by some South Korean teen. Like I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a solo experience. This is gonna be fantastic. Is this one of the ones that was unveiled? Yep. Last Game Awards? No, this is actually literally unveiled today. Oh, so it's not one of the League of Legends games from for what I'm or aware. those magic games. I forget which one is. Oh, I think they were magic games. I can't remember. I forget. I'm sorry. I can't remember. This is uh, a PlayStation <laughs> podcast, not a Wizards of the Coast podcast. But no, sorry. Honestly, again, since Arcane came out, I was really wondering. I was like, man, they really need like a game that's not League of Legends that I can dip into. Uh, Ruined King is going to be the game. It awesome. looks like it's a similar vein of Darksiders Genesis, but then turn-based combat. Ooh. So yeah, I'm I'm like I'm up it. for it. Uh, the next bit of news there. 
Yeah, PS Remote Play update adds DualSense support for Android devices. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And the last bit of Flash news, GTA Remastered Trilogy is unsurprisingly bad, but this has me worried about the digital future and getting rid of OG content and remaking these half-baked ports. That was Joe writing it. I don't think they're that bad. (laughs) You don't think... Do you have it? I I was having a great time in 3. Really? Yeah. Are you playing it via PS Now? No, I bought them. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm seeing some of the things like friend of the show, Joseph Yaden, coming out going, man, I don't know what y'all talking about. This port's not that bad. And people's hands. Yeah, <laughs> no. Vi- the visual art style takes a lot to get used to. Yeah. But I do think the fine tunements to what I wanted from the gameplay side, like driving around feels pretty great. Mm. Um didn't do much shooting yet. I've just okay. been driving around and, and, and doing taxi fares and, and the other thing, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, no, whoa. Not at all. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's, to me, they feel great. I, I haven't dipped my toes into Vice City or San Andreas yet. But. You are the only person to say anything remotely kind about this. I And I know that. I feel like I'm in crazy town. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. But does this not concern you that like this replaced... The original games. That is stores. yes, that is a little concerning because, yeah. like I said, I understand why people don't aren't gelling with this, mm-hmm. but yeah, not having the other option is kind of a bummer. Yeah, that's that's what actually does freak me out about this digital future, and that that does make me want to go out there and pick up a PS2 and the games that I hold dear, dear like. You know, a San Andreas or like a Time Splitters, yeah. because yeah, having these companies. You hear go that? Out, He's going to go buy a physical console uh, and physical games to make sure he has access to them. Just in case. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but and and to me, I think I I think Kyle, you are kind of right. Where you're losing, you're 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 fighting a losing battle, and I respect you for it. Yeah, but man, is this like I I saw somewhere where like uh, Ralph Zelnick. The CEO of uh, of 2K, like last year, was was dunking on Cyberpunk for coming out unfinished and just broken. And now, a year afterwards, yeah. 2K, his company, releases something that's embarrassingly bad. I also did I read correctly that it's it's like another studio that handled these yes. remakes. Right? It was not even Rockstar. Now, yeah. yeah. So I did not realize that before I bought them. That's what uh, they wanted you to, and and I don't think a lot of people did know, honestly. Yeah, because I heard nobody talk about it until it actually came to. But be. I, I did see that one picture of I think the guy's fingers were like six feet long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, uh, yeah. It's like it's like Alfred's scissor hands looking. <laughs> All right, that's been flash news. Kyle, is there anything you're holding on to? Yeah. I don't have anything flashy today. I just my water bottle. Cortana, prepare the drop. What? Here are the latest PlayStation games dropping into the PlayStation storefront. November 15th. Speaking of fingers, Thinker Fitness on PlayStation 5. Bought it and platinum did. I was going to say hello, ladies. It's it's a dollar. It's like my name is Mayo. It's very similar. I'm just saying. God. If you want to if you want to feel the adaptive triggers work, it's pretty good. <laughs> I hate, I hate what you, you've you just you just alternate L two R two and you upgrade things and you get points for it. November sixteenth to survive uh, comes PS four. No, that's to survive. 
Oh. There's no S in there. It's arrived. <laughs> You're right. It's a letter two. Jesus. Uh, it's God. The number two. Uh, Dandy Ace on PlayStation 4. Just Dance 2022 comes out on PS5, PS4. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, Two Crowns. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. What's wrong with me? Kingdom. Breaking news. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 4, Two Crowns. It's out today. Real talk. That's a dumb enough title for a 2B <laughs> Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> Kingdom Ooh. Two Crowns, and also that title makes no sense. Comes to <laughs> PS4. Light Fairy Tale Episode Two comes out on PS4. Oh my God! The troll. Oh my goodness, guys! We've had trouble reading this entire episode. Go ahead, Joe. Please let's try go it. for this tongue twister. Marsupilami, who bad adventure comes yeah. on PS4. Oh my God! Nailed it. It it came. We built up to that moment. What is that game? Sherlock Holmes Chapter One comes out on PS5. Yuki comes out on PS4. Kyle's gonna find out what that game was on November 17th. Grow Song of Evertree comes out on PS4. Clang Two comes out on PS5 and PS4. Master is together. Together comes out on PS5, PS4. Ruin King again comes out on PS4. Surviving the Aftermath comes out on PlayStation 4. The Last Stand Aftermath. Oh my God. Two Aftermath games. What is this all about? Comes out on PS4. The Wild at Heart comes out on PS4. And on November 19th, for those of us who care, Battlefield 2042 comes out on PS5, PS4. Guess what, gang? I'll be playing it there. So let's squad up. Over this weekend, I'll take a break from Halo. I'm going to be playing some Battlefield 2042. I'll have my impression slash review if we get far enough into it on next week's show. Thank you, EA, for providing the code. Just please, next week, don't don't find out that you're a terrible company, too. I can't handle it. Marsu Palami's Hoop Adventure focuses on the lives of Punch, Twister, and Hope, three of the Marsu Palamis who live out a peaceful and rather relaxing life in Palombia. The problem is they've only gone and opened up a sarcophagus, a cursed one at that, and this has seen a ghost inflict a curse on all the animals of the world. Immune to the same curse, it's up to you to join our marsupalami friends as they rid the land of the spirits of evil and get back to their old peaceful ways. Uh, it's, it looks like it's a platformer. Okay. Three different worlds, 20 plus levels. Can I tell you something? Yeah. When you were reading that, it sounded like, you know, predictive text. We're just filling out the sentences. <laughs> yeah, it's like those uh, starter things. Like, type in and only hit the middle option of yep. predictive text and see what happens. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, Kyle, it is time for the Sony Pony uh, Express. Before, before <gasps> we yeehaw, uh -huh. I just want to quickly throw out there okay. uh, my time with Chicory. Because it's I, oh, well, I was gonna do that after Sony Pony. Express. Oh, okay, then uh, yeah, Jedi Master Ren writes in Mr. Bad Step back at it with the success of Halo out the gate for Xbox, coupled with the FPS holiday season we're in. It becomes more and more apparent that PlayStation is lacking in that area and is sitting on beloved IP like Resistance. What do you think Insomniac needs to do to convince Sony to get on board with this project as they once were? <sighs> I think Insomniac is way too busy right now. Honestly, um, I think the time is now for Resistance. Oh, the time is 100% now. I think if we go back on Resistance and say, you know what? We're starting back at one. We're remaking it. Yes, we're that's what I want. It. Mm hmm and we're going to make this not our Halo killer. I hate when people say yeah, that. 
Yeah, I, where, that time has come and gone. Yeah, just like the the, the Fortnite killers hate one. Yeah. Make a competent multiplayer shooter that with feels different from the rest with a compelling story, but also an even more compelling multiplayer, and you got it. Now, does it necessarily have to be Resistance? No. No. It could be an awesome new IP, but for the sake of Resistance and all the weapons that were there, it would be neat. At the same yeah. exact time, though. I think we're kind of tired of the World War II aesthetic. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say is I want it to be a thing that isn't based in a war mm. or 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 even with like real humans fighting other humans. Like I do still want it to be like an alien race based kind of shooter thing. Okay. But yeah, I, enough with the World War Twos yeah. or World War Ones rewriting history. Yeah, no more I'm space kinda, Nazis. I'm kind of done with that. It's yeah. still absolutely totally over if it is space that, fascism. Like, yeah, Star I'm Wars. Done. <laughs> uh, really quickly though. Yeah. When Jedi Messeren writes Mister Bad Step. Yeah. Instantly in my head, I think of us as Two Face. <laughs> you on one side, and I'm on the other side. <laughs> Half of a backwards hat on my side. Jadis Von Metal. The, mu- the mustache on your side. Make it work. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gavs Gody writes in, follow-up question. Do you think Insomniac actually wants to make a Resistance reboot? And maybe it's not because of Sony. That's, I do. You do think so? They keep tweeting about it. They, they, they're obviously <laughs> fond of the Chimera and Resistance. Sure. Because they keep reminding people uh, 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 about it. Um, Can I say something totally wacky and topsy-turvy? Yes. I'd much rather Sunset Overdrive 2. I know. Ooh, remind me to put that as a Twitter poll. Remind me to put that as, as a Twitter poll. Oh, come on. Do you love mm. seeing my dreams just crushing? No, no, I, it's for science. Every, everyone's going to say Sunset, Sunset Overdrive 2. I don't think so. I feel like the overwhelming Twitter gaming space will see that and be mm-hmm. like, Resistance was stupid. Okay. Sunset Overdrive, great. Well, you get to fight for this, Kyle. Maybe I can rig the polls like you rigged. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> huh? greatness. That one month. There you go. Fight for it, Kyle. Fight for what you believe in. El Capitan Play says, either though Sony's continued success with their hardware and game offerings, even with the component shortage, do you feel like there might come to a to a point where the momentum kind of drops and there will be a renewed sense of purpose to think outside the box let's say the transition between ps3 and the ps4 generation a way to balance their planned corporate initiatives with wants slash needs of gamers and players and content creators for their community a lot of vocal majority feedback in the gaming community is that microsoft has been having a lot of success with this notion while nintendo and sony remain seemingly tone deaf what a really great question, El Capitan. And, you know, I I, I I like this. I like what Xbox is doing with their community being more social and, I believe, more transparent with their community than, let's say, a Sony or a Nintendo. And they are getting, I think, they're going to start getting weird with the titles you see from them. And I think they're going to start getting less safe and making games or returning games like one versus 100 uh, coming back. Rumor has it um, those social games coming back in a big way. So I, I do I, I do worry that 
Sony is going to be seemingly sounding too corporate and Xbox's games start hitting on a level that it catches the eye of so many more gamers and people switch over to Xbox. That does have me concerned as if I was a PlayStation exec, but what's it, you, Kyle? Yeah, I, 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 I understand it the same way you do. I feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I also would like to say that Sony's uh, social media have gotten a little bit more playful over the past mm-hmm. few weeks and months. But the one thing that I I have to admire them for trying is during Forza, uh, when that was about to come out, they're like, hey, don't forget car culture and Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice Please? that. Here yep. are some shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, collecting is a part of car culture. Um, that's, that's where I think... Sony really sees that there are some ground that they've definitely lost, like when it compares to Forza or Gran Turismo. Again, I've, from what I understand or hear as not a car person, Forza has definitely taken that crown and GT has definitely waned. So I, I do think Sony is aware of the momentum that Xbox has in this generation. It's what they do with that awareness that is going to pay dividends. Makes sense. All right, this one's a long one. All right. Brendan English writes in, when you think back to the time you became a PlayStation and or Xbox fan, what is it that actually drew you in? Do you have any wild stories from early days of Xbox or PlayStation? For PlayStation, I was thinking back when I first became a true PlayStation fan when I was but a wee child in 1997 approximately. My neighbor who would only visit his dad on the weekends brought it over to my house uh, my house, a strategy guide and Final Fantasy 7. He told me I could keep it if he beat it. I had no idea what it was at first, but quickly fell in love with the game. Because I was a young young boy and my mom had me on a game time schedule and that game is long. I literally spent a good year of my childhood playing one to two hours of chunks of that game at a time. I eventually beat it fell in love with Final Fantasy and PlayStation in the progress. And as for Xbox, when Xbox came out, I honestly didn't care about it and even didn't care about Halo when it first came out. Eventually, Halo 2 came out with my friends and convinced me to play it. We would all together go come together at a friend's house with the big screen TV and do battle. It was honestly a blast. And so much so that I turned and bought an Xbox and Halo 2. Eventually, I had one... uh, one of my friends over and we were playing Halo 2 on my Xbox and wanted to play online. But unfortunately, because of my age, I couldn't afford Xbox Live and my mom refused to pay for it. Oh my God, this is a story, Brendan. So as genius ideas go, we discovered Xbox Connect and it allowed you to connect other players through your PC, which ended up being extremely funny. We end up in each other's matches, flying warthogs, shooting constant laser beams out of turrets. But the other than that, what I love the most about Halo and Xbox was surprisingly the glitches and super jumps. It made my childhood gaming experience that much enjoyable. First off, Brendan Zachary, thank you for the email. I forgot you can send in your comments or questions nice. over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter, at our Discord, or like Brendan over here, shout us an email. Old fashioned. Whew. Kyle, what's your favorite PlayStation memory, bud? Oh, man. So many are popping in my head. It's hard yeah. to just pick one. Uh, but the the reason what drew me to PlayStation, tackle that first, was mm-hmm. 
um, being able to rent different systems at Blockbuster mm. and tied to the fact of like uh, the Crash Bandicoot commercials. They got me when I yeah. was a kid. I was like, this Crash guy, pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> cool. Um, and, and being able to sit down for two days and experience a system with the most mind-blowing graphics I've ever seen at that age. Mm. Um, I just really, really dug PlayStation as whole as a whole then. But one of my, my favorite memories is having uh, my best friend when I was younger over. I didn't have a lot of friends or best friends, so whenever you would come over for like a sleepover, we would just spend the entire time either playing Tony Hawk uh, taking turns with all the cheats on mm-hmm. anti-gravity just see how far we can spin and thinking it's the funniest thing in the world i got a joke thing. about that too here's uh, a here's a playstation yeah. memory oh, kyle i'm sorry playstation go, go. memory i thought i bought tony hawk for playstation because it was a jeweled box but uh, i actually bought it for pc and i was oh, so no. fucking <laughs> i'm oh, sorry no. again. i was so upset because yeah, I, I, yeah. Like, I couldn't return it because it was a PC game. They're like, you enter the code. That's all. You- <laughs> oh, You're man, done, that kid. You're done. Sucks. Yeah. Um, the other one would be same friends, same kind of sleepovers was uh, playing Twisted Metal. Ooh, yes. Twisted Metal was a big one when mm-hmm. I was younger. PS1, all of them, really. Um, yeah, I, I think those moments playing those kind of games on my PlayStation and discovering my love for RPGs similar with Final Fantasy 7 and Star Ocean, the second story. And, and I the Christmas where I got like four major RPGs for, mm-hmm. as a present. I was like, oh, I'm good for like four years. <laughs> I'm so good and I'm so happy. Yeah, uh, Those memories are very high. Uh, in addition to like the last main one is uh, other than generally bringing the PS5 home because that was huge. Yeah. Um, getting psvr as a christmas present after i was forced to cancel my pre-order because i lost my job or ability to teach mm-hmm. and and thought i wouldn't be able to get one and my parents surprising me with one on christmas that was uh that was definitely a- cried a whole lot cry counter too <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh for me when it comes to playstation i was i was thinking of a of a few different stories because for me playstation is the single player machine that is where sure. I played the bulk of my games, but really, it's like that's my single player mecca. I really don't play any mo- many multiplayer games on PlayStation. It's usually reserved for the PC or, or, or Xbox. Luckily for crossplay, that's making it a change for me. So I think when it comes to one of my favorite memories with my PS2 was playing Call of Duty Big Red One on PlayStation 2 with my friends and just having that type of of fun moments with them. When it comes to my PlayStation 1 memories, it is my cousin coming over, us playing Star Wars Battle of Terracossi Arena um, and and having a blast there. And like Star Wars, I think this was actually an N64 memory now that I'm thinking about it, but whatever. The Star Wars Podracers such an amazing game of my childhood. And when I think to the PlayStation 3, I remember when I dropped the 360 of being my main console at the time and switched over to the PS3. One of the memories that hangs on with me is the Switch for 
from Grand Theft Auto being something I actually thought of as an Xbox game to something now I can only think about being on PlayStation because GTA 5 was that definitive GTA experience for me where San Andreas was on PS2 and I absolutely loved it. But when GTA 4 came out, that was on my Xbox. So having that switch back, that definitely triggers some synapses in my brain. When it comes to Xbox, for me... It all comes down to Halo. I remember my brother bought his from CompUSA. Wow. Play- I know. That goes what back. a throwback. <laughs> I, I don't know where we bought our PS2. I think that was Toys R Us. But nonetheless, my brother worked at CompUSA, which means he got games for hella cheap. Like, he got me the Gears of War Collector's Edition box that was like 80 bucks for $35. Oh, the dream yeah exactly so he was getting shit for cheap <laughs> yeah and i remember him coming home with this game called halo and we're i was just so like mesmerized by it. i was like what is this thing this is fucking this is weird and me playing it and just getting absorbed in this world halo is my first if i'm really thinking back to it real first person shooter like golden eye was there as a kid, but that wasn't like the thing that defined the genre to me. It's not Doom. It's not Quake or Wolfenstein. It is Halo. And Mine so, was Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor is good. I think. Medal of Honor is good. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Airborne's the best one. Anyway, nonetheless, Halo was was the game that got me into that ecosystem and was really one of the only games I played. I remember the best thing about whether it's PS2 or Xbox, the 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 parties outside of a GameStop where people lined up and they put their TVs on like carts and they yeah. have generators and they're playing like Halo 2 split, or Halo split screen <laughs> waiting for Halo 2. Those moments are the things I think we think we miss from physical media. And and I think there is something about that. The pageantry of of getting the game is gone. And I think we miss that a lot. So yeah. those are the things I think about. And I also, when I think of Xbox, I think of Halo and Gears of War. Like prom- That's what I think of as yeah. an outsider, a relative outsider. Now. And that is what I use my Xbox for. So like, I'm thinking of like Gears 3 and going out to 7-Eleven at 3 a.m. with my friends afterwards. Like I'm oh, yeah. thinking of, yeah, <laughs> skipping one of the first days of school for Halo 3. Or, uh, you know, if uh, if you're Joseph, you took a personal day yesterday and played 12 hours of Halo Infinite. Hell yeah, um, you did. Which segues into what I do want to highlight just a couple more things. I oh, please go of. for it. Shout out to Fighting Force on PlayStation 1. Fighting Force? 3D uh, beat-em-up uh, game that I absolutely adored. Uh, second big-time PlayStation memory is picking up GTA 3 and Final Fantasy X on the same day. For a good report card, uh, best nice. gaming day in my entire life. That's because awesome. those two games are is was amazing. It, wasn't that awesome as a kid? Oh, this goes. Yes. This will go back to retro radio. Yes, when it you, will. When you got a report card, it was good. And like, yo, yes. we're taking you to GameStop. And yeah. I'm like, fam, let's go. <laughs> Mine was the best buy because we didn't have a GameStop nearby. But that's for yeah. that's for that show. And three. Uh oh my it, it's gone. Oh, <laughs> Guitar Hero. Uh, yes. Getting to Guitar Hero freshman year of college and being the only one in my dorm mm-hmm. that had it 
and then bringing it into the common room on the the main floor with the big TV and having like concerts and people would come out and eventually someone else got another guitar and we would just play two player for hours. It was the best absolute best i've i'm singing all that remains in my head because hell yeah of was it guitar hero 2 and then i think it was like rock band 2 rock band 2 i believe had it uh dope not sure guitar Guitar hero 2 had six which was dope they had a good disturb song and they had i think the self-titled avenge song in there A a critical acclaim i think they had which, if we're all being honest with each other, that was the last great event. Seven. God, I I miss Guitar Hero so. Dude, bad. I know, man. It hurts. <laughs> they tried it. They tried it again. Just. Yeah, shout out to two because it has my favorite song of all time, What's Sweet that? Child of Mine. Oh boy, you are so white. All right. Excuse me, Kyle. It's you're let's... telling me that guitar riff is not iconic. Yeah, it's alright. Oh, how Kyle, dare you. it's time before we go over here. <laughs> All that remains. <laughs> Whoa, Jadis. Jadis Von and I'm I kidding. Like, I love them as well. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Saw them live. They're excellent. Kyle. <laughs> yes. Hey, bud. What have you been playing? Hey, bud. Oh, I learned earlier. That's what you do when you're mad at people. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I do want to highlight Chicory big time. I've, I've been playing a lot because I'm yeah. trying to catch up before Game of the Year discussions um trickery was on my top of my shame pile for this year and i am so glad that i dove in um the game's phenomenal uh while i do think it might be better to play with like a mouse uh just because there's a lot of movement with the right stick to move the paintbrush around which is the way you traverse the world and solve the puzzles and whatnot um it's really a phenomenal story that hits on the same things that I talked about last year when I talked about the last campfire. Mm. Uh, it gets really deep with the characters and the arcs and everyone is dealing with their own things and dealing with living up to expectations and not feeling like you belong. Um, mm. it, it It is fantastic. The puzzles are well thought out. They're super smart. Um, the characters are written extremely well. The music is incredible by Lena Rain, who did the music from Celeste. Mm. Um, the game is really, really, really great. And if you are on the artistic and creative side, yeah. this is 100% for you. You can color in every single screen in the game to your liking mm. um, and make it you the world that you want to make it in. Uh, I'm not nearly that patient or creative. Same here. Uh, so I did very quickly, like just fill in the whole screen, certain colors until I found a brush style later that made me do that filled it in like different colors and made it look more pleasing. Nice. And yeah. then I was doing that. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And the really cool thing about chicory that I wish more games did Joe yeah. is uh, when you 100% the game, when you get the platinum, mm-hmm. you go back to your house and certain characters of the game are in there and it's the dev team talking to you about the game. Oh, wow. You go into your house and you got like the writer, you got Lena Rain, you have the character artist, environmental sound design, mm-hmm. and they're talking to you about the process that they went through making the game and how uh, how much they love being a part of this this small kickstarted game. And I really, really, really dug that. I wish more awesome. games did that because that was really cool. That's um, awesome, dude. Played Serial Cleaner. 
as well in the in-between time. I don't know if you know about this one. Serial uh, Cleaner is a game where you play as... <laughs> yeah, tell me. Um, you're a cleaner for, like, the mob. So oh. you, you call up and you have to clean up crime scenes. You're Mike so from sequel, Breaking Bad. Pretty much. Uh, you are... A sequel just came out or is coming out very soon. Um, and it's very much like a hitman go situation okay um, okay where it's not like tile based but it is a puzzle you have to be stealthy you have to avoid the um police cones of sight yeah and you have to avoid traps and whatnot and Hmm. you have to like clean up the blood with a vacuum to get to clean the scene you got to take care of the bodies you got to collect the evidence and each level is like a certain puzzle and you have to learn the enemy's movements really really fun um and uh there was an oh and then forza forza was the well, other one let's the, let's get right into it yeah achievement hall let's go it, <laughs> insert swoosh whatever the hell the green. goddamn green x's o's whatever uh, master chief cortana welcome to the achievement hall we couldn't afford steve downs's voice so this one will have to do Da 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 da. <laughs> da 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 We play for Z. <laughs> Kyle, tell me and about Halo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Forza as being my first one um, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. God, that game's good. It's fun. <laughs> the, the, it is so fun. It is mm-hmm. exactly what I want from a arcadey racer. I am not a fan of other open world arcade racing games. Yeah like burnout paradise i'm on the record of really really not liking that game like a whole lot yeah there's just something about it i just didn't gel with forza horizon 5 however the freedom makes sense Mm -hmm. i do like checking off the every single road and make sure you're driving on every single road to highlight and getting the constant feedback that you're discovering something new there's tons of like speed traps drift zones PR stunt things to do like and the world is filled with things uh, signs to knock over uh, trying to figure out how to get signs on the roof of a building and trying to <laughs> yep. find the right ramp of like a mountainside it's all organic it all makes sense the cars feel great I uh, haven't got the DeLorean yet and yeah, that's when no. I'll be willing to review this game is when I get the DeLorean because then the game is done to me. <laughs> I made it a point to go buy like the VW bus okay. and all like the old timey cars mm-hmm. just to have fun with. But the th- the really cool thing about it is, tell me, the the girls just want to play that game. They That's do their awesome. homework. They come down. It's like, hey, can I just drive around and run into trees and drive in the water? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and I taught them mm. about like, hey, you see the map. If you see a road that isn't highlighted, just go up that road for me. <laughs> just, just tick off those boxes. Yeah, and then they, because they're they're learning how to. This is a great game for them to learn, like joystick. Yes. So like they're learning to stay on the road and and figure out all these buttons and whatnot. And every time they clear the road, they're like, "Hey, Kai, Kai, we got you." Now, like, he, yes. Here's the thing: I played a little bit of the multiplayer with Sean Capri in his stream. That's also a lot of fun. I did not think I was going to have like there's like these cool little capture the flag modes. I did a pinata one. Yeah. 
but there was like no one playing. It was like me and three people, so yeah. it all failed. We out. had like we had a, a convoy, I a think crew. they call it in this game. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was like six v six. We were playing like infected, king of the hill, grab the crown. Like this game is really fun, and I it's really, real great. I really want. If there's anything that I want PlayStation to copy, it's this because to me, I'm like this game is great, but I am missing the dual sense real bad when I'm playing this game. Um, yeah. If there is if there is something I'd like them to kind of mimic, it's that because there's something about just going on the open road and just kind of like tuning out the world. Yeah. You know, and just yeah, focusing yeah. on driving. It's it's nice. It's it's legitimately got me debating getting a racing wheel. So that I could play this in oh. GT Seven, because I'm starting to get really into racing games. I've, I've yeah, come Dirt to, Five was that last year, right? Yeah, like I've come to grips that I'm not good at them. It's just fun, and as long as I get in the top five, I'm, I'm winning it to, to me. Yeah. But here's the thing: people tell me I'm the PlayStation guy. Oh, PlayStation players! Oh, the narrative experiences. <laughs> I play games, not third-person action-adventure world oh, over the shoulder. I want to play my games, not watch them. Well, then Xbox players, tell me why I'm number one in all your little little multiplayer games. <laughs> if I'm the solo selfish experience, why am I dominating every game that I come into? Why are you, uh, you know what? I think the better question here for the Xbox gamers, and this is where I'm getting fanboyish, is why are you guys, I guess, so bad at games? Because <laughs> I'm looking for the challenge. And honestly, I haven't gotten any. It just feels so lonely up here at the top of the Halo Infinite <laughs> realm. You know, like the air is a little thinner and you'd think that that means they get an advantage on me. But I can't be stopped. The momentum just keeps building and I just keep succeeding. I'm sorry. You've seen the plays out there on Twitter that I'm making. Yeah. Goddamn disgusting. I I don't need to see. I've seen them for years now. (laughs) It's kind of gross how good I am at Halo Infinite, where it's like a bad game is like when I get slightly below to like a 2.0 KD. I'm like, oh, that was a bad round. They're like, really? You... You doubled our score there, bud. <laughs> well, it is what it is. Joe, before before I ask you the yeah. question, uh-huh. I do want to give a shout out to Xbox for that anniversary video celebration thing. That was really cool. That was really cool. I'm very excited to watch that documentary and learn more about the Xbox uh, uh, beginnings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Really dope. They showed a very quick, uh, quick uh, clip for the Paramount plus series bro i got freaking that was cool that was really cool (laughs) yeah um even the intro up into the halo infinite with like the music in australia oh it was as as a non-halo person which i have dove into halo one and playing through the story not too far yet so i don't want to say anything yet okay um it just it gave me chills so if it gave me chills i can only know what xbox fans got from it but the question joe yeah How's it feel to be back? How's uh, it feel to be back in the in the Halo multiplayer? Feels like home. It feels yeah. like I never left. And again, I'm just wishing that these Xbox fans just get good. I need a challenge. But no, this game makes me fully engorged. Um, it's, uh, uh, now, uh, here's the thing. As much as I love Halo, again, Xbox is my Halo machine. Is it the best multiplayer game I've played? I don't know. Um, like I, like I'm thinking of games like Apex Legends, actually, where I'm just like, actually, I've really like, I, I think this is a great evolution of, of, of Halo, but this is in the 
greatest thing since sliced bread, but I do think it's also incredible. Um, this multiplayer alone. Now, the, the one thing we've been seeing online is uh, the battle pass. That's what I've heard. Is literally the worst thing I've come across. It's the worst yeah. battle pass I've ever. The progression. I've played for twelve hours. That's embarrassing, but I won't take it back. No, it's not. I'm level five. Oh, that's that's bad. Yes. So, um, you know, <laughs> not that's. Great. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Also, we have run into a few, th- uh, a few times where there are some plays that PC players are making that get me to question what just happened. We ran into a, f- a few players that were a little bit too fast and too accurate with that pistol. Mm. It made it made us legit, and we're not. I'm not that type of guy either. Where it's like, oh, I died. That means whatever. I, no, I'm like, oh, finally a worthy opponent. <laughs> it, it was it was just it was strange that's all okay so all right. I, I would say the maps are really good but i don't like big team battle that much it just feels like there's something missing and maybe it's a vehicle component i don't like that the only the only things that we have right now is quick play like there's no slayer playlist like i just want to play slayer i don't care much about oddball or capture the flag. I just want to play Slayer, and I can't. That sucks. Uh, I don't like the battle pass. But other than oh, and the the map bizarre, you can actually get that out of there because it's actually one of the worst maps I've ever experienced in my life. Other than that, though, everything else is just is incredible. Is there a, like a story with multiplayer? Yes, there is. All right. Yeah, I oh. won't spoil it either. Though this is a PlayStation show, um, but yeah, that's that's literally what okay. I've been playing the most of. Can and, can uh, I make a make a a thing a statement? Sure. I really wish the rumors weren't a thing. I wish it would have dropped uh, in that video and multiplayer's live mm. right now. I mean, I get it. It's hard to cover that up, but like monumental yeah and even even with a lot of people knowing that it was probably a lock still monumental yeah. but I, I i really wish those surprises were surprises yeah same likewise that says a whole of every video game thing ever and to bring it back to playstation i think this is again like a really great test to see how they did it so that they can do it too you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah, yeah um because this is a I definitely feel the future of PlayStation is going to be we need to fill the gap of multiplayer and then also now fill the gap of these RPGs that we don't have. Um, And if we could take the advice from like a Halo, um, that would be excellent because I think how transparent they've been with their community um, has been really awesome to see. So and the feedback that they've gotten is is been pretty constructive. So that's honestly what I've been playing most. I planted Guardians and I think it's it's up there for game of the year but yeah with that said kyle that's enough of me don't be ashamed 12 hours of halo don't be ashamed no i mean listen i know it's your love yeah like don't be ashamed i know that this is a playstation podcast and playstation is my preferred platform and people may be bugged about me playing an xbox game but i also want to be fair to 
you know, the PlayStation people, when I say that, Xbox players talked such a big game about being so good at multiplayer <laughs> games, and they all just mediocre at best. Like, someone give me the challenge. Someone challenge me. Cortland Lawn tried, and he failed. Sean Capri tried, he failed. Sean Capri didn't even last. Ainsley Bowden, I guess it's his age. It's showing the carpal tunnel it's there for him i'm here i'm just picking him up on my back i'm like don't worry i got you like what about friend of me luke lore he sucks oh yeah he he, he sucks (laughs) yeah now all i gotta see is lord cognito does he can lord cog stand up to the pro that is me hey halo oh host of the trophy room playstation podcast Cock, I love you. Challenge. <laughs> With that said, that has been the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. If you like this show, please rate us five stars. But before we get on out of here, Kyle, is there anything you'd like to spotlight, good sir? Uh, uh, myself, as always, but really quick uh, breaking news. Capcom's Pragmata delayed to 2023. So that weird teaser trailer from PlayStation Showcase, it's further out. We'll probably see it at Game Awards. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> breaking uh, news breaking news holy shit this is huge uh camilla cabello and sean mendez announced they have broken up <gasps> oh, i first no. gotta know who they are <laughs> kyle anything you like the spotlight um sir? uh camilla sings a song havana na 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 that song oh, okay um like to highlight myself mr k on twitter PSN and Xbox and all indie game coverage that i do with the team at six oh this guy indie. looks like a tool S-I-X-O-N-E-I-N-D-I-E dot com and 61indie everywhere else. That would be fantastic. Every time I look at a picture of these two as a couple, this guy's wearing a jacket, no shirt. We get it. We get it. You're chiseled and you got (laughs) and that's all great. You want to show that off. You know? (laughs) Thank God you hit the buzzer right this time. Yeah, you could do... Girl, I've never met you. You could do better than that. This guy can't even afford shirts. He has one shirt. It's see-through. What's the point of the shirt? What's the point of the shirt? Okay. God. The rich really do piss me off sometimes. You can find me. I just really despise joint breakup statements. Come on. Why do we need a PR announcement? Hey, guys. You know what? Whenever I find a girlfriend and if we break up, I'm going to do a joint statement. Whether or not she approves of it and see what happens. Oh, dude. Uh, Steve Vigari just posted a sweet Halo thing. One guy uses the, the lift. Right with the flag, and he hook shots him as he's going off the list, and he's just like Superman and towards him, and then hits him in the back, and kills him. That's amazing. That's a that's a that's again these Xbox folks. Look at me and Steve, multi plat gamers, and we're just owning we're owning all y'all, you know. Anyway, as that motorcycle goes by, you can find me over at Mr. Badbit. You can find the show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast service of choice, whether that is Apple Podcasts, whether that is Spotify. Follow us there. With all that said and with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. Unless you're playing Halo, then come at me. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye.